Welcome to the Generation Influencer Podcast. I am your host, Sean Hanif, CEO of Afli, where we help influencers launch their own brands. We've been quite successful over the last two years, with the company now being worth $10 million. And our clients have a combined following of 20 million, which gives us a lot of experience in this industry. This podcast is all about showing how influencers are also entrepreneurs and how they should be thinking of themselves as businesses. We break down everything from how to grow your channel, monetization strategies, marketing, and what it really takes to grow and scale your business to the next level. Let's get into this episode. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Thanks for all the support so far. Really enjoying uh, putting this together. Doing a bit of a different episode today as we're going to be more going into more about business itself. Um, be getting a lot of messages around the concept of like people want to setting up their own business, start the entrepreneur life. Um, you know, what idea to pursue, how they should do it, do they need funding, uh, how they're going to find their customers and all this sort of stuff. To talk about this, I have a friend of mine here named Saad and um, he's set up um, multiple businesses and been doing it for a very long time. So I thought it'd be good to have someone on with like a lot of experience who's like built a range of businesses, um, physical and online. So he has a good experience of how to put things together and hope you can learn a lot from his experience. So yeah, just to get started, um, how's it going and tell us about yourself. Good, yeah. Uh, so yeah, my name is Saad. Uh, thanks for having me, Shan. Uh, I've been following your journey as well for some time now. Really Cheers. impressed with everything that's happening at Athli and obviously the podcast helping a lot of people, which is something that I would, I'm, I'm really excited to be a part of. Thanks. Um, day to day, you know, I own a few brands, uh, HC Med Spa, which is a it's a clinical brand and we specialize in treatments. Um, I would say life-changing treatments, treatments that make people feel good, look good. The health-conscious customer, the customer that kind of, the, the health-conscious client, shall I say, uh, the client that wants to take care of themselves, feel good in life, you know. And I think that's it's all about the mindset um, that I have too. And so that's that's our key brand. Um, they're high street clinics. So it's not an online business. I think they're high street physical. Uh, we have uh, aesthetic people that work there, experts, doctors um, that look after. I'd say we have about 44,000 clients wow, okay. that we look after. Mm-hmm. Um, over, over, And we've been doing that for about, 10 to 15 years now in that in that time space one of my other brands that I'm a part of a team of that brought to the UK from all the way from Dallas actually is called Brood and Pressed it's a, a vegetarian food concept all based around health eating good eating clean staying away from you know all the things that are happening now like the refined sugars in foods and things like that so really again the same consumer is lapping that up um, where it's about taking care of yourself and being aware what's right what's not what's not right and what's going to benefit your life my newest venture which i'm most most excited about because it's online and it's a new space for me but a space that i'm really excited to be a part of yeah. uh, is ayan london it's ayan london is a brand which essentially is being created to inspire certain moods and mindsets and really an extension of of me of my personality it's strange because we are products that we sell now are candles, clothes, and journals. And typically, if I just said that to you, you'd be like, well, how does that even go together? How does that work? 
And it really works. It worked because it worked for me as an entrepreneur. Uh, I'm sure you'll you'll uh, relate that we we're, we're stressed out a lot of the time. Life gets tough. It gets lonely. It's it's not easy. It looks great. You know, I think we make it look a certain way, but the reality yeah. is that it's very very tough to to make it as a successful entrepreneur. There's a difference between an entrepreneur and a successful one. So uh, the first, the, the core product, which is the candles, is something that helped me in life. I'll be, I'll be honest, you know, uh, a lot of stress. And every day I was literally burning a candle. And I don't know why and how, but the candle just gave me a sense of calm, a sense of peace. It, it made me relax. It just it did something like that. So I was spending a fortune on candles. Also, as an entrepreneur, I thought, hold on a minute, I'm wasting money here, right? So I thought, how do I create my own? you know, maybe I can do this myself. Let's turn it into a business. It's worked for me. Let me turn it into a business. Let me make a product that stands out and I'll sell it too. Um, and I'll benefit from it, you know? So that's exactly what I did. Uh, I spent a year of research and development, looked at the biggest candle brands, what they use, what waxes they use, um, how they make them smell the way they do. And then also I wanted to give it a, you know, give it that look where it looks like a piece of interior. So I did that, created it. And now I've turned it into a business. Um, the clothing goes with it because our clothing is just not normal clothing. I call it motivational apparel. Yeah. So all our clothing comes with messages like self-belief, less fear, more faith, things that we promote, messages that we promote in life. So you won't just get a plain piece of clothing. It will always have a motivational message on it. And the journals are there because journaling is something that I'm a great believer in. It's allowed me to, to basically separate my goals and my to-do list, which are two different things. Yeah. So we put that all together for tools that have helped me as an entrepreneur. And now we sell it to the world. So really excited. Amazing. Wow. Okay, I guess um, I didn't expect to get such a range of stuff. Um, but yeah, amazing. Um, all right, let's, uh, I think let's just get, get into some of those a bit more. So I guess the first one is like a retail business. And because um, it has like physical locations, people coming in the door and yep. stuff like that. So as, as a business, I guess um, I would assume that would have a lot of like cost in terms of like machinery and that sort of stuff. Like, would you like buy that stuff? Do you lease it? How, how does that work? I think it really depends on where you are. Are you funded? Do you have a bank loan? Are you paying for it yourself? You know, in today's world, most things are leased, our finances in business. You know, it's it's fine to do that. It's also good for tax purposes as well. In all honesty, you know, some of our stuff is bought, some of it is not. It just really depends as an entre- you know, as an entrepreneur or, or wherever you are in, in your business stage, what your cash flow is like, and then you make the decisions based on that. I don't think there's a set rule as such, um, and also the type of business too. You said it's been running for a long time. So how long have you been involved in it, being that you know, you're know you not so old yourself? I, I've been in this, in, in HC Medspa, I've been a part of it 16-ish years now. Uh, but before that, I was doing um, property, I had a property, uh, a lettings agency, which I sold. And I, from the from the uh, benefits from that, invested into HC Medspar, which had already been started by by my mother. Okay, so in, in the spa, are you doing like um, what, what? What's the actual treatments that you're doing? Man, every day from day to day, beauty treatments for men and women, and and men is something that's growing year on year. Um, it started as quite you know taboo and. Men don't do this and that. But now it's, I think social media has helped us because with the emergence of social media and men on camera, women and men on camera all the time, they, there isn't really... There so isn't are we talking like plastic that. surgery level? No, it's, not sur- it's, it's non-surgical. Not, okay, non-surgical. So day-to-day okay. beauty, which is just everyday stuff, fun stuff. You know, I suppose for men, I'd say the most popular treatment now is probably like laser hair removal. 
especially in fitness too. Uh, they don't want to have hair on their bodies, so we remove it um, basically permanently. Yeah. All right. Okay. Do you, do you think you've been like instrumental in the growth of that business? Yeah, I would say. What role have you played? I saw a vision for building a brand. The reason I transitioned it was again another strange transition from pro- real estate property to to getting into this is because what I saw that was amazing in the business is that it was a high street location and there were hundreds of people turning up every week kind of turning up themselves and in business and especially online learning now winning customers is one of the hardest things that there is and i was like hold on a minute there are hundreds of people turning up here every week from their own will we need to do more we need to give them more and we need to develop this concept so that's kind of what i saw really early on as far as our our, our business is requires high level of skill from experts true experts so that's not something i could do but i've hired the people uh, my wife being one of them who's our clinical director the right experts who can develop the treatment side um to to offer a great service so you said like talked about i guess so you're building a brand but and there like loads of these clinics out yeah there? oh my god i mean everywhere we'll walk out the door we'll see one right now i'm sure yeah. Um yeah so and what what's kept it going then like what's the difference being is it like just the quality the price you know No um I, I would say difference? I would say the the difference is is that we are a brand there's a difference between having a store on the high street and being a brand you know The thing is what does that really mean though because I'm sure everybody has a brand in their opinion Um I think our brand has uh, well a br- our brand specifically has culture heritage you know history um it's trusted and i think that is very very difficult i'd say that's the difference it has meaning it has a message people are aware who the people are behind it and when when these consumers are coming to you every day to look and feel a certain way they want to know that if something isn't right there's someone to talk to they want to know what happens you know do you see what i'm saying but how have you installed that though? the reason i'm just saying that right if i was going to be on the other side i'll say yeah but i'm sure every clinic on on the on in this industry is going to be like yeah we're a brand we have history we have meaning but how do you actually get that across to the consumer by actually doing it you know every brand can say we have history but do you have you actually been you know if you look at our records if you look at online presence have you actually been there 15 years you know so by actually doing it i think that there's a lot of you know in business today there's it's very easy to get on the mic now i could i could literally sit here and say you know i treat we treat 10,000 people a day and it could be nonsense right and it's very i think what we do is we actually we live what what we say we live it um and i think that's the difference i think i think people can feel that they can see it they can sense it straight away when they walk in the management the infrastructure it's there to see and we don't focus on i think one thing that's great and i think our consumer will pick that our client will pick that up straight away is this is not a brand that is just here to just take money from people we we're, we're doing a lot of things within our businesses that's constantly just giving back giving back giving back and not always thinking let's do it the cheapest way possible you can feel that as soon as you walk in i think that's a really key difference so i think you're saying is that I know a lot of people or probably every business in the world thinks they're a brand, right? At some even in their own mind they must think it, but I guess you have to really practice it um to actually be one. Yeah, 100%. You know? Yeah. And yeah. um so if you're saying like, you know, we have I don't know, we we love working with customers, but then you actually don't do anything besides just saying, "Hey," and then someone sits down and that's it, you know? Then well, I think um look, what can you give me an examples of things that you've installed in the business to get that brand like to have a feeling or to have a, a thing about it 
I think just a bit more exact. I think that in that particular business, the clinical business, I think one key thing is relationship. And we've built phenomenal relationships. So let's just say someone who used to come to us at 16 now comes here at 26. Or, Or someone that used to come at 20 now comes here at 35. Her son comes or her daughter comes. So I think one of the key things is investing in the right people to bring in your business and letting them make really strong, solid relationships um, and a really low turnover in staff. I think these key things um, really, really help. You're right, because I think, yeah, to preserve that brand, if you, if you just kept getting, like, I'm sure a lot of these clinics do, just probably bring freelancers in or anyone temps, in. Temps, a lot temps, of temps. You know, and that would just ruin your, because there's no culture, right? There's, we, there's, they would not. In 15 years, I have never used one temp. Because it's just a, it means your business is going in the wrong direction for me. You know, uh, I have I can honestly say that we have staff. I think two people at the moment have worked there sixteen years. That's unheard of in our industry. Uh, how much? Sta- how many clinics are there? Um, five, five in total. Yeah. Okay, and how much like staff are you employing? Uh, just over a hundred. Okay, in those five. Uh, that with head office. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And then you've never used temps in that. Never. That's, that's quite interesting. I think it can probably bring us on to like an, uh, kind of the topic of like hiring of people. So what's kind of like your thinking about like hiring um, in business? Like kind of what's your thinking or in, even I in mean, general, your, your process of... You know, you need to, I think you need to build a, a knack for learning about people. I think that's the key to recruitment. I mean, we obviously the size of our company now, it's, it's, it's getting there. So we do have a lot of... Um, operating procedures, recruitment procedures that that we go down, you know, three interviews, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But at the end of the day, you never really know. Yeah. If someone could blow you away in an interview and then they start and they just can't do the job. So I think you have to actually just get a knack for understanding people, learning people. What are their what are their goals, what their vision are, what sort of work ethic do they have? Do they fit into the culture of your company? Are they more nine to five? Are they prepared to work late? And I think one of the key things that I would say is, is honesty and transparency is really, really important, even at interview stage, to sort of sit there and say, you know, you know we can offer you a career, offer you a future, but this is what it takes, yeah. as opposed to just like wasting months and months of like all this build up. And then they start and they're like, hold on, I have to stay here till eight o'clock at night, possibly, just in case that happens. And they're like, well, we don't, you know, I, I need to leave at five. You know, that, that happens a lot. So I think that we're really honest with people about who we are and what we expect and what our goals are. We're a very, very ambitious company. So I think if you're not an ambitious person, it's probably not the right place for you. What is, what is the ambition for like this, uh, for the clinic business? Our group as a whole. So the group that looks after the clinics, uh, AR in London, uh, whether it's brewed and pressed as a whole, is just to get deeper into lifestyle, is to get deeper into what, peop- what makes people feel good, um, what makes them feel good about themselves. I want to say look good too, because that's really important, but it's more about the feeling. It's more about the mindset. Um, you know, we're starting a podcast now, which is all developed around mindset. Um, so as a whole, that's the, the mission of our group, just to build a stronger relationship and help people along the way to get that end feeling. Um, and if they look good along the way, then great. But it's more about the internal feeling and emotion that, that I think that we're helping people right now, which is really amazing. 
Coming to like an ambition or goals, though, like, do you have a thing of, um, you know, you want to set up more businesses, you want to try to, you know, go deeper into like, certain verticals? Like, is there anything in particular? Like, yeah, as a I goal, mean, we want to grow I and mean, we want to grow. We want to open more locations. Um, we obviously want to increase our presence online as well with our brands. Um, you know, in your clinic right now, just for understanding, so people can like go online, I guess, like book. book we used to do online. OK, so that's interesting. We used to do online, started it and I took it away. It's, it's very on trend, obviously, um, because it's online and everything online is, is on trend. Um, but it bothered me because I didn't like the fact that it stopped clients speaking to my team. A client could go online and literally book, let's just say, um, a laser treatment and they could just book that treatment at 10 o'clock at night without speaking to anyone. And we did that for a while. But then I have on every desk two to three people in front of house that are there dedicated, that are experts and qualified. So when you call in, they can give you good advice. And I didn't like the fact that that was breaking that. So I think that's one of the things where we do stand out too. And it's a more expensive option, by the way, um, but it's a better option. Have you looked into maybe a, a better online solution? So not a booking thing, maybe like they talk to somebody um, and then it gets booked. So imagine like there's a, there's a live chat or something. Yeah, um, it, it could work, but we, our traffic is massive. So it would be, um, in, um, uh, we get hundreds of calls every day, hundreds. So because we have call stats and they, they even blow my mind. Like even with three at the desk, people are like, we can't get through to you. So I don't, I don't want to commit to something that... Have you been surprised with like how it's just grown, I'm sure, and you've benefited through it from like a business growth point of view? Um, no, I always saw it. I always saw it because I used to see the reaction of people. I used to see how all of a sudden your Friday, where you're about to have the weekend, and maybe let's just say you've had a really hard Friday, but then you've just gone and treated yourself to something. You feel good now. It just changed the mood. It changes your mood. You're like, okay, I'm ready to go out. Whatever the problems are that I had in the day or that week, I've forgotten about. I feel good. I look good. I'm ready to go. I always saw it. I always saw it. That's what was intriguing. I just thought, how do we become a larger part of that feeling and journey? That's what I wanted to build. And that's what we've done now. Because what we have now and what we offer, we didn't always used to have. We've built to that. Um, So no, it hasn't surprised me at all. Yeah, because I guess, look, if um, it's just generally, isn't it? And even because of even like social media and everything, like the people are so much more conscious. Yeah. And I guess, you know, you can probably even say most women, even now men are having probably some sort of treatment at some point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Literally. Like I say, like there was a time where women were like yanking in their husbands by their hand to come in and get stuff done it just it just didn't want to do it but now it's so normal now like oh the percentage of male is, is do, great. do you track like uh you know in like software you call it retention yes like, do, you, do you track like how, very if, a, if you become a customer yeah how many months they are still your customer because our range is so diverse it's more difficult to track it's not so standard but we do look at client retention um, and, and ensure that those numbers are, are high. You know, I always say to the team, it's not about the first sale, it's about the fifth. Yeah. So, you know... Um, An average, how many person is, comes back for appointments, do you know? Um, how many appointments? Like, you know, if I if someone was to come and get laser hair removal, like, yeah. on average, well, what's, the, what's the likelihood of that person returning? Well, when they... A treatment like that, for example, you, you, you're committing to a, you're committing to a, a bundle immediately. Well, let's just say laser hair removal, they would be with us at least eight, nine months guaranteed. And then, and then after that, it's different from patient to patient, client to client. You know, depending on results, they vary. But they, they, they were always doing other things. Um, so 
our, our retention is very is very high. All right, nice. I guess um, I know we got into that side of your stuff that you do, but I think what I want to get into more is um, you know stuff that keeps getting at me the most. I think at least everyone has a good uh, idea of like your experience, yeah. and clearly you know. Um, and you've seen it all in terms of like scaling your business to that level that it is today. Yeah. And then you've gone and created more brands. Um, and of course, you must have learned loads of new things in that process. But um, yeah, let's get a bit more general. Sure. Meaning, so I get asked a lot is, um, you know, like I, I have like loads of ideas. And what do I do? Ha- yes, starting out is like probably like the, one of the hardest things. Yeah. You know, and because you have like an idea that for some reason you think, oh, I, ha- I have found this idea and no one is doing it. That happens a lot. Like most people are starting out first, we come up with something that they think no one is doing. Yeah. And it could be something so small that they'd be like, people are doing fitness clothing, but they're not doing clothing, which is like for this reason. Yeah. And they'd be like, oh, this is such a huge opportunity because if we just did this small difference, it'll be such a big thing. What does someone do at that stage? You know? Um, I think the first thing is important to bear in mind that a lot of people that are sort of haven't got their off the ground yet it's not I don't think it's important to always obsess and I say this quite a lot like about trying to come out with something that hasn't been done before I think that's really really important because everyone's like I, I found they're always looking for and, and and what happens is you never do anything you, you know what I'm saying that's the most astonishing thing first time entrepreneurs are looking for something that's never been done before yeah yeah I mean, like I I agree with you that I think that's the wrong way to go about it yeah it is yeah. But what you should be doing instead is looking at what is doing really well and can I do something remotely similar exactly and also when you're building your brand your brand will have its own meanings and things like that so you pick up a different audience along the way but like I say so I think it's important first and foremost is not to obsess about creating something new if you have it if you have Facebook if you have Twitter amazing but if you don't you know get started with I would say the most important thing is something that you're passionate about something that is authentically you Um, and I think that because business is so tough if you're doing things that you're not passionate about that you don't believe in that you don't love you'll give up by month three and four you know it'll be done Um, so I think that's important yeah that's an interesting one so I believe like I'm not really passionate about what I do in terms of like the products <laughs> okay. or the thing, right? Like I'm, the products I'm not, that you sell for the yeah, let's say or if it's software. Like okay. I'm not passionate about software. I've always been passionate about just the concept of building something from zero to something yeah. and it starts working. Yeah. What niche? What products? What anything have not been about? The reason I say it's quite interesting is because you'll see yeah, someone will be like, oh, I really like shopping. That means I'm passionate about clothing. I want to set up my own clothing brand. Right. It's not the same thing. Right. You know, like, do you think that or do you like, because when you say the word like passion. But you are passionate about, you're passionate about building. You're That's passionate what I'm about get structure. You, right? Yeah, you're like, you're not so, passionate about the clothing. No. but it, Where it, people get confused. In right? a way, yeah, in a way, I, I get it. But I think it's still a form of passion that your business is running from. So I think it comes back to that, that I think that people need to do um, things that are an extension of, you know, let's just say all the brands that I own, I live. I live those brands. I live that life. So when times get hard, I just keep doing me. I keep being me. And eventually, it just seems to work its way out. Um, I don't think you can always have a strategy for everything. So I think it's about being yourself, being authentic, being passionate. And uh, I think that does get you into the, to the right direction. Yeah, I think, um, just as you said, for my example, like, I think my thing has been since I was young, I've always like bought and sold things. Yeah. So I was doing that since I was in school. This is just another extension of that. Because now my company, in a way, 
even if it's digital stuff or physical stuff, in a way you're kind of like buying and selling it, even though we're technically not. Yeah. Because someone has some content, we've built a software that allows them to sell the content to somebody else. Yeah. And I think that's like the true thing of what I like doing is that, oh, you're good at something. I bet loads of people will pay for this something that you're good at. Yeah. And that's kind of like how we started. So I guess the reason I'm kind of, I know so many people that are like, oh, I like clothing, I want to set up my own clothing brand. They, like, leave their job, they try it, they realize that, actually, it's really tough because they're only, like, 12 orders. Yeah. And they're like, oh, no, what have I done? Or, you know, because they never had true passion about, like, textiles or fabric or yeah. that side of it. They just thought of, like, I like shopping, so I would... I, I think that's really interesting clothing. because there's a few things there about what you just said. I think one of them is that people need to, to to forget the hype a little bit. I think let's just say you post a picture of your of a T-shirt that you're about to sell and that, that gets a thousand likes. That doesn't mean you're going to get a thousand sales. Yeah. I think that's one really important thing. The conversion online is low. It's not easy to sell online. So um, I think what you're saying about the root of the product is it's important to educate yourself, to be smart about things, and then to educate yourself on the market and how it, transactions occur online. So you've got more realistic um, sense of how it's going to go. Because a lot of people now buy into hype really, really fast, and then they get really let down, and then they just give up. The other thing about what you just said is that there's a big trend now about, you know, uh, and I, I've spoken about this on my own social media page, you know, like, follow your dreams, like, you know, stop, leave your job today, leave your job today and go and go and do that, you know, because, you know, and I just think that's such the wrong information. Um, I, I think if you have a job, but you have a passion, you need to find a way to keep that job and develop your passion until you're at a stage where you can afford to stop. You know, hard, running a business is hard enough, but you don't want to do it with no paycheck. So I think that's, uh, that, that advice that keeps coming out, I really disagree yeah, with. Yeah, because that paycheck is so much further away than you think it is. Completely. Way further. Like, if you think in three months I'll be doing this, like, no, it's going to be like 18 months, you know. And of course. And, and even that money that you get, you're going to need to pump it straight back into the business. It's not your money. And that's another thing that when you build revenue, it's not yours. You're the last person to see it. That, that's basically <laughs> like the old school, like bad business person who like makes money for the business and puts it into the pocket and think it's all theirs yeah. and you need to realize that that belongs to well, the then company. If you, you yeah. could do that but then you won't be able to pay your bills yeah. and your company will be gone yeah um, now it's a okay so going back to you know kind of like someone who's starting out I guess yeah so the, the, the takeaways really are like you need to know what you really want to get into and research it enough before you actually get into it 100% market research is, I've made this mistake I was 26 years old and I, I made a six figure loss just by just by being so sure of myself and not being sure on the market. 100%. And uh, it was a really tough time. F- tough year, actually. But I, I learned from that day at 26. I was like, you know what? Everything I do now, I'm going to research it inside out and really educate myself on it. Yeah, you know, like I had some other who I was speaking to recently, but, um, you know, they wanted to set up a company. And um, let's just say, like, I don't know, like an app, which is like, oh, to uh, find the latest events. And I was like, okay, great. So like, why? Oh, because we've used all the other stuff out there and they're just not quite right for me. So I think my version would just be better. And it's like, right. But if you look at the industry, like who are the biggest players, which, you know, in a way like, you know, wasn't too sure. 
what works for them and why. And if you really believe you can build a better product than them, then what is really the difference maker? Yeah. Yeah. That's as far as research you would do. Yeah. You know, I tried this product. It was not good. So I think I can make a better one. Right. So yeah, that's yeah. literally it. Like, not like who are the 10 biggest people in this industry? Yeah. You know, how much, what's their product? Use their product. If it's physical or online, you know, do like a full uh, analysis of it, like strengths, weaknesses, everything. Read reviews about it. Like you can go as deep as possible. Buy it, touch it, feel it. If it's a service, subscribe to it, use it. And then be honest about it rather than just saying, oh, because it's not mine, it's shit. Uh, Yeah, I think that people are, it comes down to the fact that uh, people don't want to put the work in. They just have an idea and they think that's the value. Um, and that's probably the you know a small value of the overall picture. Uh, I, again, you know, a social media thing like people are looking at everyone on social media and they think everything's happening really fast, but the results within a business aren't happening fast. That's the reality of it. So I think that um, exactly what you just said. But they just don't want to do the research. They don't want to understand the numbers. Um, they don't want to understand the stats. Um, so I think that's that's a problem at the moment. It needs to change. I think let's just summarize it quickly in terms of um, like five things, five things to do if you like trying to set up a new business. What would those five things be? We can like agree or disagree on them. So, you know, like, so number one could be like, do your market research. Number one, yeah, number one for me is like the idea. Okay. Yeah, so the idea. Like, is it like by idea, do you, do you, are you the type to look into like what problem you're solving? Or are you more like no. market opportunity? What way do you tackle it? Um, I, if I'm being honest with myself, everything I've built is something that's worked for me. Okay. So then I, I feel that I'm confident enough because I think, I think it comes from the fact that I'm a really, really, really fussy consumer. So I'm very, very fussy with everything. But I guess then your second challenge is translating that into, is it a business? Yes. Right? And that's why they don't all work. I don't know. You might like triangle toilet paper, right? <laughs> but that yeah. doesn't mean that that is the next thing. Yeah. If I just made triangle toilet paper, that's yeah. it. it. This is going to be a huge business, right? I, I agree. Yeah. And that's why they, they don't all work. Yeah. Um, but that is probably one, my, one of the things is that what is the idea that I have? And which typically comes from something about me. Uh, that's just me historically, but it doesn't always have to be that way, of course. But the idea, um, the research, understanding, you know, the education process of, of the market that your idea is coming from, I think definitely. Um, so it's like number one, you know, I guess it's kind of similar. So you're saying it's a problem that you feel personally. It is a way, you know, to, to find a, a, a solution, you know. Not the, always a problem, idea. though, is yeah. what I'm saying. It's just, it's just a um, I guess a solution of life, uh, but not always necessarily a problem, but yeah. Uh, yeah. In, in a way, right? A, I'm not, I mean, I think when people read this a lot online, um, they'd be like, what problem are you solving? That doesn't necessarily mean like an actual problem. It just means like, it is an opportunity of some way. Opportunity you know? is probably yeah, the best yeah. way for it. So yeah. you find like what the opportunity is. And then number two, research the market. For someone wanting to research the market, what is, um, you know, let's just break that down. Like, what would you do? I'll say what I do. I would, um, like, uh, you know, if I was researching it, I, w- I would go and look at, like, who the who the main people are in this space. That could even be, again, just from my own mind first. Like, I think I've seen these five people that do this thing. Yep. Then go and research, like, on Google and literally find the five companies that do it. If they are companies that you've heard of, there'll be ways to find out, the, like, how many sales they've got. Um, how much if they raise any funding, if they've um, any external information you can find about them, like write them down. Yeah. Um, the other things I would do, 
obviously if it's a public company if they're that big then a you should be a bit cautious because it means someone huge is um, already dealing with this problem again people don't know but a lot of all public companies information is public so you can go and like you know um literally download everything and have a look at it yes um so yeah like that would be kind of like my high level thing about seeing okay who are the big players and what are they doing and how long they've been around how they're tackling this problem then what is the actual I guess um yeah that would be my second in research just the way I research. I think um 100% that probably be my first thing who's who who else is in the market who's dominating the market. Um the difficulty that sometimes is that people look at those companies they're, they're let's just say they're really big and then they think oh, I won't ever get there. So I think that that's quite a risk um that some people get put off by sometimes the size of people within the marketplace as well. So I think it's I think it's important that you're just looking at it really just from a learning point of view not like as a comparison that's quite dangerous to do um so i would definitely go research the markets i would even um send an email to someone high up you can get email addresses really easy as well they they're all available um online and you can speak to people high up and maybe have a you know say i'm 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 interested in getting into this space if you have 2 minutes you know i i always try and think out of the box could i come in and see you um sometimes people do it you just be surprised yeah you know like um the guy that made the Nike plus like the running app yeah. i went and met him when i was setting up my first app and he literally met, and he met you. yeah and i was like look this is my idea i'm into health and fitness i want to build a community around health and fitness what do you think and literally sound like we we had like we spoke about it we met twice actually so then after the meeting i sent him some documents he read through them and then second time we met and broke it down a bit more and you know it was good advice at that time and it's kind of like made me realize okay things are a lot more complex so and he really focused on user experience so uh, me meeting him made me realize okay when you're building an app you really need to draw like the 50 screens and think about every single way people can interact with these rather than uh, like not thinking about that yeah. and you know I learned that because I went to somebody with experience and uh, what people need to know is that people are tend to give you more time now is also because they they're curious as to who you are are you about to be a competitor you know and you just never know what's going to come from that so i think people will be surprised that if that you will get the time that if you if you make the effort and you're like quite persistent about it you might just get the meeting that that could really really help you all right so number 2 like do that i guess this is more applicable would you say this is more applicable for like product based businesses or does it work for someone like setting up an SMMA you know like a social media marketing agency or anything like that you know where like I'm going to do your facebook ads type yeah. of companies or whatever do you think it would work also for that I think or? it's good to just see how other people work yeah. I think yeah I think I think it works for anything so I think it's just good to know Um, you know uh, yeah cuz i would look at things like even going back to reaching the market one thing i would look at is like how do they charge people right is exactly. it is it just a one off cost is it a subscription yeah. is it cuz in software that works a lot right the first thing you look at is is it monthly based you know is it is it a saas software is it do they charge a percentage do they is an upfront cost you know um and also then, is, all these companies are so different as well there there is no set guideline they will value themselves their own brand their own time so i think it's interesting to just get a good diverse feel from the high end to the low end i remember i was at vayner media a few weeks ago at an event a few months ago at an event and um i mean the prices that they were talking about obviously that was that's like the high high end but it was it was just un- i wasn't going there for myself to like use them we couldn't afford it but the 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 numbers they were talking were just huge what they're charging their clients and then you could go to a more low key marketing agency and it's perfect so i think it's just good to have it's education yeah. i think people just need to see the value in just listening and learning sometimes and it's education all right so we've uh, come up with the idea 
um, you know, because it's some opportunity. We research the market, and what do we do from there? So research the market. I, I suppose you need money as well, right? So I think one of the key things is how am I going to pay for this? Um, and there are a number of ways to do that. Uh, you know, a long time ago, it was easier to get bank funding. Um, when I when I started a property business at 17, I walked in and got a bank loan on the spot. It's not like that anymore, as a lot of people know. Um, so I think how, yeah, you need to know how you're going to get money. Is it an investor? Is it a bank? Is it a private, in, like a family member? Have you built a pool? Um, and there are, many, there are many ways to do that too. But what about someone that doesn't have any money then? What happens then? Someone who doesn't have any money, but they have a great idea. So they've had the idea, they've done all the research, which I guess, I'll be honest, like 80% of emails or DMs I'm getting is like, I have this idea, it's going to change the world, I have no money. Yeah, if you genuinely have something, um, you, you, money will find you, I think. That's another thing. There is plenty of investors out there, there's plenty of people with money that are looking for um, any age, young or older, um, entrepreneurs or people with great ideas that, that could be a, a good business. Um, did, did you think this should be like a thing of, in this, we can, I can probably make, I can talk about this separately so much, but because I've been through like the thing of like raising money and, um, you know, without like a product and some actual traction, like some real something actually happening, the traction means like, you know, some sales, some... Yeah. Um, I don't know, even signups is no longer a thing, like actual concrete stuff. No one will really invest anymore in an idea, you know. Um, so I guess the, the point I'm trying to get to is like, if number three is yes, need money, but I guess um, the real question is like, how, do you, how, how can you get this product live? Yeah, without, well, you, yeah. without the money. Yeah, you know, or get it to a point where it proves that your idea number one is actually even worth it. Yeah. Even works. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, that comes down to our initial point we spoke about a little while ago, which is why don't leave your paycheck because you might be putting in money yourself. Um, and, uh, and, and if you can do that, then great, because um, you won't have to give a share of your company away or whatever it is. And you can keep, com- keep complete control, which I think in the early stages, especially, it's really, really important. So if you can manage to keep that money yourself and get that investment in yourself where you're in fully control, that, that's great. But it's not always possible. But I do, I do think that if you have an idea, there's, there are so many ways to, to, to raise money. Even if you just did, you know, you posted it on Instagram and, and sponsored it, that this is my idea, and you put a sign up with you saying, I need 100K, people are going to see it. It's just about how much noise you're prepared to create. Um, I don't think money's hard to find today. I really don't. I think there's obviously there's Kickstarter, there's loads of different ways, there's crowdfunding, you know, to, to, to raise uh, money. But I guess the, for any investor, because I've, I've, been, I've been through this, is that you have to show the hustle first. That If you're literally sitting around or just pitching for money and you haven't even bothered to start making your product, yeah. then I think you'll really struggle. But if you, in that same time, also went down the route of, yeah, like reinvesting some of your salary or moving into... Uh, a worse apartment and saving 500 pounds a month and paying that 500 pounds a month to a a freelancer to build you I don't know like a version of a website a software or buy a camera to start your social media services or to order your first 100 t-shirts right like I think that's the thing like you need to get to that first point so you can even test it yourself to be like is this even a thing yeah because if you can't like I think someone came to me recently and they're like I want to start my own clothing brand this time I was like look I want to make the biggest clothing brand or something he was saying. And I was like, have you even made a hundred 
t-shirts yet and sold them. Yeah. Do that first and then do a thousand, then do 10,000. Then you can think like, okay, I wanted to do X, Y, Z, right? Yeah. So I think that's the, because I'll give you my example. So when I was working, I moved to a shitter when I quit my job. And then I moved to a, like the cheapest place I could find just so the money that I had saved up would last me the longest. Yeah. And I could invest most of it the longest I can into like, I hired a guy at that point to like build my first website and it cost me something like a thousand dollars. And then I realized, wow, that's a waste of money and I should have just learned this myself. Yeah. Then I, because the answer becomes right, that your time becomes the money. Yeah. That you spend your own personal time learning something that you don't have the money to pay for someone to do. That's, I think, that's the route that I went down. I think what you're saying, though, is comes down to one thing. And, and I think that this process, the journey that you put yourself through, it, it makes you investable yes, as well as your idea. That's it. That's 100% what I was trying to get and to. And I think that... Because um, when you go to an investor and say, hey, man, look, I've been trying to build this thing for six months. I've been doing this, 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 this. And then I sold 100 of them or I signed five clients. But then, you know, I couldn't keep the clients because I don't have the money to do all this work. Then an investor would be like, all right, cool. You clearly have the know-how, the hustle. You know what it is. Then, you know, I can see you can build this. But if you go to them and saying, I have this amazing idea. I've researched the market. Give me 100K and I can make this. It's really hard to sell because would you really believe that person? Yeah, no. And I think that's what people need to, to know. I suppose this is what could be one of our points is that is that keep developing your idea but keep developing yourself so that you have you know you make it really hard for an investor if 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 you are as investable as your idea is because then an investor might think you know what this idea might work might not work but this guy if this isn't going to be the one his next idea is going to be the one but you you just see what I'm saying so you, I think make yourself an investable proposition for any investor so that will just make things a lot lot easier I think that process that you went through the sacrifice that you went through you're showing that commitment to the investor becomes quite hard to say no another thing I realized is actually when I was like doing I pitched like so many people till I pitched this one guy and the one that I got my first investor was actually it was me not doing like a pitch pitch instead literally just blurting out everything that I have been doing to get yeah. to this point yeah and it was that that won me that you know the guy was like cool I'll invest he invested 50,000 and um and that was literally when I was sitting in my bedroom because I've gone and met this guy and I'm literally just telling him look I did this then I built the app like this we got to like 40,000 users then I did this trick to like get people to keep coming back oh, then I did this then I did this yeah. and you know I just blurted it all out and for a new person to hear that it's like wow this guy's like really like crazy about his weird thing that he's doing yeah. and you know he invested in me yeah that's it so, and, and I think I think yeah so I think number three you got to build that know-how. And if you haven't gone through that process, then you're not ready for investment. You know? Yeah, exactly. And yeah. Make, I think make yourself investable. Yeah. Let's call it that. Yeah. You know, you, your idea, but make yourself investable too. I guess once that's there, in my opinion, I think number four would be then that, you know, can you really translate this into a business? And the way I did that personally, and I think a lot of people even then were like, why are you doing this? It's so ancient, the concept of like a business plan. So when I wrote my business plan, the first one, I did that as an exercise to really understand, do I know all the different things about the business, um, how it would work from like, how would I market this to how would I acquire users? How much would it cost to acquire somebody? You know, how long would a customer stay around? 
Um, how would I charge? What would the different prices be? Like all this sort of stuff. Yeah. And I went through this journey of like a business plan. I remember at that time, everyone was like, oh, business plans are so old. Who does a business plan now? You know, in the back in the days, you would take a business plan to a bank for like approval or whatever. But it's the exercise that's the, the key. And for me, I would say number four is like once you've got to a point that way, you know you've got something and you potentially have sold a few of them now, that then is the choice of like, cool, is this like a fun side thing where I sell a thousand t-shirts with, with Drake's face on it, right? Yeah. Or is this going to be like a lifestyle t-shirt business that yeah. I'm going to sell 100,000 products a year? I think it's a, I think kind of what you're saying is like, like for example, when we released our, our t-shirts, um, there would be a way to commit to 5,000 in our opening inventory and pay like 50% less for our t-shirts. But, but we wanted to test the market first. So we only ordered 50 and we paid a lot more for, for them. But it, it's, it's smarter than going to 5,000 and, and not being, you know, it's like kind of, I think what you're saying is just test the water with your brands, with your ideas. Find a way to kind of put a feeler out and test the water to see how quick, not only do people buy them, but how quickly are they being bought? You know, if it takes you six months to sell 50 t-shirts, you haven't got a business, yeah. more or less. That's what I'm trying to get to, yeah. So once you kind of got this thing of like selling, because then if you, A, that, test what you're doing and is it really like something real? But then number two, do you have a plan for going forwards? Yeah. You know, a plan of like, um, like what is the ideal plan? Like what, what I get, what I do a lot actually is, I, would, I create like an 18th month plan from where I am today. And it's the most fascinating exercise because you're like, cool, if I'm doing like, I don't know, let's just say 100 sales this month. Next month, I'm going to do this much, this much, this much. To genuinely sit there and be like, how much I think I will sell each month? And then where do those sales come from? And, you know, how much is it cost me to market? At what point do I need more stuff? How many stuff? All this. And going through that exercise. So I did this in the early days. That exercise Going back to when I met my first investor, because I'd gone through exercise, it was in my mind. So when he's asking me generic questions, like you have this understanding about your business that really makes you, you know, that you know your stuff. And I think it's a good exercise because you're right. What a lot of people, I've seen this happen a lot. People set up a social media marketing agency to get five clients. They'll sign them up for, let's just say, 5K a month retainer, you know, so that's 25K a month. And straight away, they'll be like, all right, great, I've set up a multiple six figures business, you know, um, and they'll say, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm yeah. killing it. But it's a huge missing aspect of it is that there's no business plan going forward. Like, I know you signed five clients, but can you truly sign 100, yeah. 500? If you can, at what point will that be? How much will that cost you? You know, how will you be able to service those people? All that kind of stuff. So I think from, me, from my point of view, I think uh, like the fourth point is once you know, I guess we, we can almost say the fourth point is testing to see if there's a business. Then I guess this would be like a fifth point that once you know it's working, like is there like a long-term business here? You yeah. know, like what is the long-term plan? Can you sit and actually write an 18-month business plan with financials where you're actually talking about what the business is, how does it work, who's your customers, the marketing, what you're going to do, what works? I think... That's that sort of really, stuff. really important. Do you do that for your businesses? I oh my God, I do. I overplan, maybe. Um, I overthink, I overplan. Um, you ask anyone that works for me, they'll all tell you the same. Um, but I think it's, and by the way, that, that needs to chill a little bit as well. But I think it's really important what you're saying. And I think that I come across this a lot with businesses, you know, entrepreneurs, whoever, people in business, where they, they just think they're going to ride that wave for, for the next five years. 
And that just does not happen. If you don't think long term, 18 months, 24 months, whatever it may be, and, and your business doesn't continue to produce revenue, doesn't continue to be successful, doesn't retain the revenue that it has, yes. yeah, things will come crashing down so fast and you will not know what to do. You will, it will just happen and you'll just be gone. And that is how cruel it can be. And that's why people have to plan. They have to think long term. Whatever your revenue is, you, you just talked about a marketing agent that could potentially take 25K a month in revenue. They need to have a plan. Well, what if I only had 5K for six months? Will they even be here in six months? And I think that people need to stop, not stop, but people need to understand you can't just ride a wave. You have to be planned and prepared for good and bad. What would you do? What's plan B? What's plan C? Because plan A hardly ever works. It hardly ever works. How much do you do in terms of planning? This is just even for me out of interest. Like, do you say like forecast like sales and stuff or no? Are you past that point? No, we forecast a year in ahead, a year in advance. If we forecast a year in advance, we have a year-on-year uh, chart that we look on, even to the day. So even today, I know exactly my position to last year, this time in July, the percentage, and what we need to grow by all the time. Do you, I'm guessing, uh, even I know it's your company and stuff, like, I don't know, do you have investors or is it just your... I have no investors. Okay. Um, we've always do done you, everything ourselves. Do you guys do like... In that case, like, are you doing like board meetings and that sort of stuff? I've you just hired my first ever managing director. Okay. Never done it before, but the time is right. All right. Um, so, yeah. Because, you know, what I do is, is stuff like, you know, so I, I have like a monthly forecast, like against, you know, I make them, I guess, yearly. But then for the next quarter, like I do it like revised. Yeah. And then that quarter, then I reflect upon, you know, like actual versus budget like but you'll always change yeah, yeah it will always yeah. change because your numbers your numbers are your, is your numbers are just projections who knows right so like we set it out a year in advance but we're, they're changing all the time we, we reforecast all the time oh, it's also important when you have a big team that um that are working towards numbers i mean let's just it, it could be anything like for example we had more snow this year for example, that affects numbers. You have to understand the climate of business, the climate of the world that will affect. So you reforecast again and you reforecast again. And then where you can feel momentum, which is really, really important, you, you push, you increase. And that's how we kind of do it. But there, you have to have your eyes on the numbers all the time. This is something I learned because I hated maths. I hated numbers. I hated all these things. But I realized that I can't have a successful seven-figure business without being very good and very savvy with your numbers. And someone taught me this in business and, um, and it stuck with me now. So, okay, just to summarize, the five things, if, if you have a business idea today and you want to pursue it, the five things that you need to do is, number one, what is the, what is the opportunity? Um, you know, like you need to know that inside out. Number two, who else is in the, <coughs> in the market, the industry, like research that from every angle you possibly can think and write it down somewhere, you know, if that's a PowerPoint, a Word document, whatever. Um, number three, you know, do you need funds for it? And what's it going to take for you to get to like that MVP stage, which is the minimum viable product, which is a working version of some sort. If that's a t-shirt, you know, if that's a software, if that's a, you know, um, a service like video work for somebody, whatever that is, like what's it going to take for you to get there, you know? And then number four can you go and get five clients, make a hundred sales that you can test this? And to yourself, firstly, you can prove that this is even a thing. Because if this your idea, it, real, it only becomes a thing when someone's paying you money for it. Yeah. So can you go and get money for it? 
<clears throat> and then number five, yeah, can you actually put a business plan together that makes this small idea of yours that has made a little bit of money into a, a real business? So I think that's like the fifth thing. Um, so yeah, hope you guys um, get some value there. And I, I guarantee if you kind of go through that process with whatever idea you have, you'll probably get to the number three number four stage and that's where you'll find out because you will realize like you said yeah i had this amazing idea of selling this but when you only sold this many then you'll start to say oh it's because i didn't have enough investment or is it because of others and that's never the reason there's always a way to get there a lot of people i'll give you some examples if you're running a software company you can get if you don't know how to code you can get someone and you'll have to pay them an equity but you can find someone to make a version for you right and you can or you can learn how to code or you can learn how to code a friend of mine did that and he's running a very good business now he just learned yeah so you know if you learn if you can't learn you can find someone pay them an equity um you know if it's a product business it's very easy because buying a bunch of products to sell will not cost you that much you can essentially do that yourself by working somewhere working part-time somewhere because you're only talking like a few thousand max yeah and if you can't generate that much of cash from hustle then you shouldn't be a businessman in the first place. Number three, if you're a social media marketing agency or whatever, which a lot of people are now going down at the moment, then that's just pure hustle. So like, you know, the someone that I knew did this. What he did was he just audited people's like social media and sent them like a thing saying, hey, this is what you're doing wrong with your social media. This is how I would do it. Would you let me come in and do one piece of content for you for free? And people said yes. So he would go and do the work, create the video, give it to them, and then be like, cool, I charge 2000 a month, let me sign you. Yeah. So that's the hustle that we're talking about. And that's like the third thing. And the fourth thing, you know, um, can you put in the... Can you put in the? Um, can you do it? Can you do it five times? So it's not just fluke. Can you do it five times, ten times? Then can you go and now sit down and become a? Because if you're going to be a CEO, you're going to run your own business. You got to know finances. You got to know marketing. You got to know a little bit of everything. Um, which brings me to this final point, and I have my own view on this. Like, do you believe in like outsourcing in these skills? So what I hear a lot of, and in this entrepreneur space, there's this, it's a buzzword and. I feel like there's a lot of wrong information. People will be like, oh, but if you don't know how to do something, just outsource it. Yeah. It's become like, a, especially from like two, three years ago, it was a real thing that, oh, I'll just have someone doing my social media. I'll have someone doing my marketing. I'll have someone doing like this. So essentially, I'll outsource everything, like the four-hour work week, right? Like, I'll outsource everything. I'll be sitting on a beach and the business is going to be running. Yeah. Do you feel that? Did you be, have you ever... I don't what's, really what's have an issue with in or out um, I'm blessed to have a really strong team within my head office that we can do most of it but I also work with other really good talented people I think it just comes down to obviously budget is a thing but I think it comes down to just work with really good people you know you have to like your photographer has to be amazing your web your web creator has to be amazing you know your marketing people need to be the best work with good people and then be aware of what everyone's doing. I think also really important. You can't just hire a massive team, really good team, or work with all these amazing agencies and just go sit on a beach somewhere. You need to understand what they're all doing. You know, I can't code, for example, but I'd like to understand a little bit about what coding does, what does it achieve. Or I can't, I'm not a designer, for example. I have an in-house designer that works for me, but I'll sit there with her and we'll go through every line, everything to, to, to be part of the process. So involve yourself in all the processes, make yourself aware of everything. But I think just work with good people. I don't look at it as in or out necessarily. I just want to work with great people. I would work with you on something, you know, on people that I can see that I've got the appetite. They're, they're proven. They've got the track record. Um, I think that will only 
elevate what you're doing to be honest with you so um that's i think it's a different way of looking at it yeah of course i think you know um i think the point there is that you're still working with them i'm working always with everyone i'm there in the in in the way i was referring to outsourcing is like how people see it that oh i just find someone to do something and then job done you can't leave things to anyone if you want to be a true ceo of your business you need to have your hand on every project you might not always physically be there but you need to know what's going on and you can't leave things to anyone because it's your vision it's your business. No one will ever, ever understand that like you do. Yeah. So you need to be a part That's of That's something it. I'm learning in this journey more and more and more as well. That um, What you just said, it's your like vision of how you see things and uh, that's where you kind of started this whole journey right yeah 100 uh, percent. otherwise you just don't you know i have lost sight of that sometimes and really thought actually then why am i doing this if, I, if i'm not doing it the way i see fit i mean i've gone through, i've gone through the path of making the mistake where okay the company's a good size now i have people that can do everything so i'm just going to let them do it i've gone through that and whilst i do have great people but it benefits them they still have to get better don't they? It doesn't matter how good they are, they still have to get better. And it all comes down to whose vision is this? Who's the person behind that wanted to create all these amazing things or offer this amazing product? Because whosever vision it is, um, it needs to continue to inspire it's, to, to continue to inspire everyone. Everybody needs inspiration. Doesn't mean doesn't matter how good you are. So I'm always around all my projects. Or I, I don't actually we're talking about beaches. I hardly take holidays. You know, I'm always around my projects, and that's just something that I think is is a requirement of being a successful entrepreneur. And all the best, all the greatest, they, they do it. Cool, amazing. Well, hope you guys uh, like this episode. Um, a bit different than what I've uh, been doing. My, I am thinking of going a bit more business um, with some future episodes as well, just because beginning probably like more questions about like people that are like stuck at like they've started something and they're struggling to scale it just uh, they're, they're struggling to like start up a business um financing all that kind of stuff so i think i'll be going into that a bit more but anyway thanks a lot for coming um do you like are you helping any entrepreneurs out at the moment or anything can people get in touch with you i i was do- i was doing a lot of different things and helping people here and there and that's why i decided i'm going to streamline this and just with my with a good friend of mine um who also is an entrepreneur just just create a podcast of our own and kind of just through that just channel the advice because obviously time is difficult to meet with lots of people we do do it sometimes like a let's call it a mentorship people that you just help but officially, we're just going to go the podcast route like you're doing and just help as many people as possible with the advice. And, and hopefully people can relate and, and just learn from it, really. And, and, and that's probably that's something that I'm really excited to get started. Amazing. So how, how can people get in touch with you? I'd say Instagram is the main main way. Saad Aslam underscore official um, is the main way to, to sort of reach out to me. I read all the DMs. I'm quite active now. It's something I'm learning and building. So, uh, yeah, I'm happy to um, get in touch with whoever. No problem. All right, awesome. Well, um, let us know what you guys think and I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you.